We need to move to doing this with every word. <laughs> For a whole podcast. Could you imagine? Welcome back to the clap back. <laughs> yeah, baby. I would not listen to that podcast. <laughs> it could be like my favourite people in the world. I think I would be like, you know what? I'll... I don't like clapping that much. <laughs> hundreds and thousands and we have taken control of your radio station this is the podcast <laughs> and we've been talking about the song which has been deemed hot enough to be in the triple j hottest 100 so screw you guys i'm going home my name is eric cartman and i'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so joining me once again stan marsh okay that's me i was wondering which one i'd be um Dude, sweet! <laughs> Kenny McCormick. <laughs> and Kyle Bravlovsky. Screw you, Kyle. I, I can't do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cartman! Yeah, I know. Uh, Cancel the podcast. <laughs> Nathan can't do Shut it. Shut the fuck up, Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. It's, uh, yeah. That's okay, okay, man. I'll workshop it. We are about to have ourselves a time, people. <laughs> we're going to head on down and uh, meet some friends of mine that were part of a very vital charity concert back in the summer of 1998. That concert was known as Chef Aid, and one of the key performers was the immortal Chef. He comes in at number 20 in the 1998 Hottest 100 with a little song called Simultaneous. Baby, you know you're the one for me and all that I want to be is you and me and her simultaneous you and me and you and you simultaneous loving baby two and three simultaneous Make it fast, take my ass to town Have an open mind Send my cows away Ring my bell, you fat pig away What the hell, today's your lucky day You and me And her Simultaneous you and me And we know the rider Simultaneous loving, baby Two or three Simultaneous He's come in at number 20 in the 1998 Triple J Hottest 100. Uh, he's, he's not a real person. Eddie beat Deirdre. so Deirdre. many real people. He is real. Uh, he's real in our hearts and our souls, baby. Mm. And our groins. Andrew. David. Talk dirty to me, baby. Yeah, um, okay, this is the second appearance from Chef. Yeah, Making it is. him more prolific in the Hottest 100 than many artists mm. we know and love. Yes. <laughs> Bless this countdown. Stop treating Bless it as an injustice. Yeah. He's a soul legend. Yeah, it's not an injustice. It's just what it is. Yeah, obviously voiced by the immortal soul and funk legend Isaac Hayes. This, of course, taken from the South Park first soundtrack CD, Chef Aid, and indeed from that 
the episode which that is about as well. More so than No Substitute, this has an actual like song-like structure. A lot of um, No Substitute was spoken word and then joking with him doing the seeing his own backup vocals, yeah. which is funny and sweet. Which is so. a, good, yeah, it's yeah. a good gag. It's a good bit. But like this works stupidly well as a song, I think. This is yeah. like... Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I love this a lot. I think it's very fun, very funny. Isaac Hayes' voice is obviously a vehicle for sexy perfection when it comes yeah. to soul and funk kind of ideas. Sexy perfection was yeah. my nickname in high school. <laughs> but, but, but so much so that then, like, the parody is so close already. Yeah, right? You know like, I mean? like, Isaac Hayes probably has had simultaneous partners in an evening. He's a He was a handsome, sexy man. And Chef, in this point in the show, was, like, cartooned as, like, a womanizing kind of person with, like, a big number of lovers or whatever. And obviously this song is playing into that. The little bits here in the gags, like, the asides, like, they're the, oh, uh, and maybe we're not a writer. Like... Yeah, the, the, like, the, way, the way it builds on the gag, because it obviously starts with, like, it's a, it's a, the first joke and the, the main joke that sets the whole thing up is you singing this romantic song you assume to just one person. Yeah. And then it's just, and her. Yeah, you and me... And her. And then so, it becomes, yeah. like, the next joke is, like, it becomes specific, like, and we're not, not a, a writer. Not a yeah. Writer. And then, um, like, the, <laughs> who does he say, um, towards the end, where he's like, no, I'm in on the radio, baby. Not uh, like she's Whitney here. Houston. Yeah. And Whitney Houston. I'm in on the oh, radio, radio, baby. baby. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the last part of the joke is that the old ball and chain, yeah. uh, gets mad at him for, for suggesting yeah. other people. Which is, I mean, like, that's kind of okay. okay. It's naff, whatever. Oh, okay. Right. The, the end when he just breaks out of it. He's like, oh, hell with it. You and you and you yeah, and yeah, you yeah, and yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. So it's got, like, what we're saying is it's got, like, a nice build, right? Yeah. The joke has the an joke arc. Builds. And because throughout com- the course of the song. Because comedy well songs written. built on one joke are tricky. Like, mm. yeah. Because the good comedy songs, you think of, like, Tripod and you think of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. It just happens to be a song and then you tell jokes within the song. This is not that. This is, like, the joke is... It's a romantic or like sexual song, but it's about a man who wants to have a threesome or whatever. <laughs> have, an least, have an open at mind. Least, yeah, have an open mind. Yeah, <laughs> like I prefer this to um no to, substitute. No sub. Yeah, oh, I, big time. I, I prefer no sub. Yeah, right. I I think like it's a it's a good gag, and you're right. The build is. Is nice, nice, but it. I pref- I think I prefer the stylistic gag of no substitute with, with the spoken and, and the backing vocals and stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. And this is obviously more of a complete song, but in the context of it being a comedy song, I don't need it to be a complete song. I'm happier. That may, I'll say that. I'm happier enjoying the no substitute. No, yeah. I'll just, like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. See, I'm okay with in terms of comedy songs with there being. A lot of song and a bit of comedy. Because this is just mainly a song. Mm. It's mainly a song. Yeah. That's, and that's what I think is right. Like, to me, it succeeds in, in, the, in the sense of it being a comedy song. And there's always a hard cap with that. Once you're a comedy song, you can never not be a comedy song, right? Mm. And then that's going to determine ultimately how far you can love it. And mm. for me, like, I don't really get into comedy songs that much. But on the scale of this compared to other comedy songs, it does really well. Mm. Because... Musically, that backing band is locked in so tight. It's funky. There's those great, like, funk horns going through. Yeah, the horn section the is tight. The is just so super cool. And and I think the the way that the joke builds and the way that it's written is, like, it's genuinely clever, I think. As yeah. far as a comedy song goes, it's a tick. And also, like, like I mentioned when we spoke about No Substitute, I had the Chef Aid CD. It's pretty still somewhere well, in my house did. somewhere. Yeah, so there's nostalgia attached to this for me as well. Yeah. And I can't escape the fact, like... I have a very big soft spot for South Park. I know it's problematic and dumb in many ways, but like I still have a soft spot for their writing when they're on point, and the early ones were on point in a different way. But this, I think, works as a funny 
dorky kind of jokey mm. piece of comedy that happens to be encapsulated in a very rather tight funk rock jam. Yeah. I don't think I know this, like, before this. this. Before like, I didn't have Chef Aid. Mm. Yeah, I've, okay. I've probably seen these episodes. I can't remember watching mm. the really early South Park. We were talking about how it's weird that this got in, but chocolate salty balls didn't. Yeah, that was why I remember buying... The Chef Aid record was on the back of Chocolate Salty Balls. We probably bypassed Triple J and went straight to Triple M. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be it. I like Coming it. up next, we've got a double shot of Chef. <laughs> and like that song, I'm sure meanlessers know that song. Like the again, it's from the from the episode as well. Like Put them on your Chef, mouth and suck on. Yeah, playing on the um, the very subtle joke that balls has two meanings <laughs> um, here, and that chocolate can yeah. also allude to a person being black, mm. which. Isaac Hayes and Chef both happen to be. Mm. No problematic casting in South Park, guys. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what's even more problematic? He's um, Arpu. Can we oh, talk about Arpu? Can we talk about the problem, the with, problem with Chef? Nobody's mentioned uh, this before. Uh, Matt and Trey, the creators of South Park, I saw a video of them in a, in like a Q&A, um, and someone asked, like, how did you get Isaac Hayes to be the voice of Chef? And they were like, we don't really know. Like, we've, been, we've been asking that question. And then they went on to say, like, we kind of wanted to do the voice ourselves, but apparently we can't do that. And it's like... <laughs> and fair enough. I really hope you guys are making yourself a weird joke right now and you didn't actually intend to do the voices yourselves. Yeah, considering they do the voice Why, of the, the Chinese shop owner themselves. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's many layers that we're not here to discuss the, <laughs> the nuances of what's okay to joke about and so on. Uh, but this um, works, sorry, I think, guys, as... Uh, I, th- I think this works as a funk song and that happens to be funny. I, I, I pay it quite hard. I agree with that. Mm. It's an homage to how, like, unsubtle funk music often would be. You can only do solid parodies like that when you fucking love the genre. And so, to have, like, a legend of soul and a legend of funk music come in and be like, yeah, obviously it's all about fucking, let's just, you know, make fun of that. And, you know, do it within the context of what was at the time one of the funniest shows on TV. Like, it, it's perfect. Like, it, ma- it makes total sense. Mm. It's just such a shame we won't ever get to talk about anything to do with South Park ever again. Well, ever it would again. be unreasonable for anything to be even higher than this in the Hottest 100. Ever again. Ever again. Ever again. <laughs> ah, just kidding. In number 19, it's Wackle of Jean and the kids from South Park. This is Bubba Gibbs! I go by the name of Wyclef Jean. We are the refugee all-stars. We salute the soldiers around the world. Yeah. This one is called uh, Bullet in Your Bubble Goose. That was Wyclef Jean. Also, 
from the Chef Aid album. At number 19. At number 19. This opposite day. In the Triple J Hottest um, 100. Give us your keys, voting audience. You, like, <laughs> you yeah. shouldn't be voting home tonight. <laughs> they always say, uh, why aren't you out there catching the real criminals? And I tell them, well, you are a real criminal. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to vote for Teardrop. You're not. You're going to vote for Bubble Goose. And you're going to vote for the South Park version of Bubble Goose. I'm not. I'm not. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'll have some coffee. I'm going okay. to vote for Teardrop uh-huh. and no surprises. Okay? It's like, no, you're not. And I know you're not. <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of this. Adam, out of all the people in this room, I think you are the one most likely to have caught a bullet in your bubble goose. Uh, I don't own a bubble goose. I didn't know what a bubble goose was when I first heard this Same. song. I thought it was a, some kind of goose. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's a, um, what it's a puffy It's parka. like a pigeon rat. <laughs> what is it? It's a puffy, it's a puffy parka. Like, oh. It's what um, Big Shaq would have been wearing when he was too when, hot. Man's not hot. Well, he wasn't. No. Sorry, when, when people thought I'm he was too hot. I'm going to find out how old Big Shaq would have been in 1998. <laughs> BRB. Uh, it's also the jacket that is mentioned by the Wu-Tang Clan in Cream. And the Notorious B.I.G. mentions it as well at some point. It's, it's a, it's it's a, a hip-hop It's a hip-hop thing, the, yeah. the, the bubble goose or the, or the low goose, yeah. Okay, and break it down a bit more. Uh, Wyclef, who I only know yeah. uh, as a Young Thug song. I know some hoes with good so okay, he was a member of the Fugees. Who, uh, who we oh, we have about. to. Oh, uh, he yeah, was like joking. Right? Right? He was Why in the Fugees. Johnny? I just, yeah, well, not enough to connect it. Apparently, yeah. he's just always been one of those kind of omnipotent and omnipresent figures in like you know the outer stretches of of hip hop. He's not as famous as Lauren Hill, obviously, mm. but you know he's definitely more, he's famous, more famous than, than the other guy. Pras. <laughs> Pras only had one hit, and that was Ghetto Superstar, which fucking oh, whips ass. What a hit, though. Oh, a hit. baby, if you're gonna have one hit, you might as well make it Ghetto Superstar. Yeah. Where's the South Park version of that? Ghetto uh, Superstar! <laughs> Carmen doing Old Dirty Bastards verse. So, the answer to the question that I was talking about when the South Park guys were posed, how did you get Isaac Hayes to be the voice of Chef, was, we just asked. And I feel like them just asking has led to a lot of stuff actually happening. They said the same thing about getting Primus to do their theme song for a cartoon that had only just made a pilot that's kind of huge. That They just asked and Primus said, yeah, fuck it, we'll do it. Because the thing is, like, now they're part of... They're, they're multi-millionaires and they're, like, Oscar winners. I think they're Oscar winners and they're, no. to- they're Tony Award winners. They could winners. be EGOTs for all I know. Like, oh, wow. But at the time, there was a serious countercultural appeal to South that's, Park. That's right, that yeah. If you wanted to be cool, yourself to the South Park name in whatever way was a good way to do it. It was such a cultural phenomenon. And, you know, it was at its height right now. And I feel like that's how they made Chef 8 happen as well, in the exact same way, this album. They asked people to do it, and they happened to say yes. Rick Rubin produced the album. I yeah, was, baby. I was not previously aware of that. That is baffling. Look at some of the other guests that they got on here. Ozzy Osbourne, DMX, Primus got back in with it. The names that they got associated with this. Even Michael John. Yeah, Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer! It's 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 crazy. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I don't know, like, like, know that like, he was like on the downward end of his career and life. But that's fuck, that, that's it's, Joe Strummer yeah. from The Clash. It's Joe Strummer! That's a holy goddamn musician there. Yeah. I guess the point that I'm, that I'm leading to here is what they asked for for this song was, oh, hey, Wyclef, uh, we want to do 
a live version of one of your songs, but we want to put the South Park kids consistently singing along and commenting throughout the whole thing. That's going to be one of the tracks on the album. And Wycliffe's like, well, sure, I'm sure they won't have too much of a presence in the song. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, they will. Oh, they, they definitely do. It's just as well that Cartman, it's kind of funny the way he says Bubble Goose. Because if it wasn't... He says it a lot. <laughs> he says it. And high in the mix. <laughs> so high in the mix. Yeah. I, um, like I mentioned the last song, I had the Chef Aid record and... Um, it was, yeah, so the tracks are divided between e- extended versions of songs that Chef himself sings in the show and weird collaborations like this. And also, but, but in the episode, Chef Aid, not this one, but a bunch of the songs on the CD are performed in short segments. Yeah, right. The Joe Strummer segment's on there, the Ween segment's on there. Yeah. So I knew this song. I hadn't heard the original Wycliffe Jean Bubble Goose song until I listened to it in preparation here. It's pretty cool. It's different sounding, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's like, it's like, it's, it feels like a straight up hip hop track, and this sounds more like because this is obviously him and his band. A little bit folkier, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's folkier. That's the yeah. right way to put yeah. it, yeah. There's a legitimate point that he's making. He's obviously, he was in the Fuji, he's a socially conscious rapper. Yeah. Like, and he's making a point with this song as well, right? Like, it's if you're a black man, it doesn't matter where you are, you can be a victim of violence. Mm. That's the point of the song. When you say like, this song, you mean. The original. I just mean no, 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 no. Especially this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. and then because they're teaching kids. Also, I don't know what Mac Ten is that Cartman keeps oh, asking about. Mac Ten's another rapper. Okay, there we go. Thank you. God yeah, damn it. And Cartman, for some reason, thinks that Wycliffe Jean is Mac Ten, which is just like a weird thing. Again, a weird joke. If Wycliffe Jean signed off on, on yeah, that, like, it's, oh That's yeah, what and what, like, and one of the kids uh, is going to continue to refer to you as another rapper that you may or may not like. Who knows? Yeah. Or they all look the yeah, same to like, Cartman. Did Wycliffe hear the post? Mix, exactly. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Well, they've recorded it live. Obviously, (laughs) they they brought all the kids in, and Mm. like you know, the the idea of Wycliffe sitting in the studio next to Trey Parker, (laughs) who just keeps doing the voices (laughs) as 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 Wycliffe's like singing and rapping along, is sickening to me. Like the idea of a fully grown man just going shaggy Mackin, while Wycliffe kind of like double takes and keeps singing about how black people are endemically trapped in a system of violence in America is so fucking bad to me. This is America! I mean, that's something I maybe should have considered a little bit more with this song that I didn't, but, like, that's... That's kind of problematic, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> this is, this is a serious song. Problematic? Come on! Because, yeah, the, the message of this song is... Is serious. Pretty serious. But also, like, I don't think for a second that Trey Parker or Matt Stone are making light of the song. They're presenting themselves just like the, the kids are singing along to it and, like, see, like, yeah. it sounds silly. And also, like, the vo- like, Carmen's voice is annoying. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, and it's annoyingly present in the mix. But, like, I don't think they're making light of... They're not making fun of Lucky John. No, I don't think they are. They're not intending to. No. But does it still trivialize the song because I mean there's there is a bunch of it grates there's a, <laughs> but there is a generation that now doesn't take anything else away from that song apart from the fact that remember the South Park version and and Carmen kind of sounded funny the way he said bubble goose this guy because I hadn't heard the original and, until and also, today and also me because I also own Chef Aaron yeah too. so is there something to be said about that like that's but, maybe not so great but also like the song itself, Wycliffe is in great form. He weaves, you know, in, a, in amongst the beat of his backing band really well. And the backing band's got it's tight. They're locked in. They're doing really great yeah. stuff. And yeah, 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 like there is something to be said about how cool it is to take 
what is a studio and producer crafted piece of hip hop music and turning into like kind of a folksy Fuji's esque jam song, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. Like, but getting back to what I was saying with joke songs, you know, like the joke to song ratio. There's not a. There's a lot of song. It's aiming for a bit of joke. And it's just not a funny enough joke. So it interferes with the song that is there. Yeah. So you end up with like, oh, this is if this was a good version of Bubble Goose, it's ruined by the fact there are cartoon characters over it. Or And it's is... not funny enough to stand as a novelty song on its own legs. That's the thing, right? It depends on the mood you're in when you're interpreting the song, right? If, are you listening to it as a Wycliffe Sean live kind of folk beat funk version of a song. Well, you can't. Whoops. Yeah, you that, can't. Yeah, that happens to have the South Park kids singing along, or I listen to it as a piece of South Park pop culture. Yeah. That's the only place that it sits in mo- comfortably, because it doesn't sit in any other world comfortably. It sits in the world of being a South Park tie-in artifact. Obviously, like, the kids are annoying in the song, but I still, I still think it's not a terrible song to listen to. I think it's pretty bad to listen to. That's a fake. We've said everything. It's just like why, like why, why did yeah, and why here, why in this way? Oh god, yeah, it's so high up. I what do, better place than here? What, what better time, time than now? I do. Have, I have a question though. What I have better a goose than bubble? <laughs> the question I have, as has been documented with such things as Puff Daddy rapping over Kashmir and the entire Spawn soundtrack. <laughs> with their weird collaborations and mashups, weird bands getting together and collaborating on songs was a thing in the 90s. Is the Chef 8 album just another example of that or is it a parody of that? Is it trying to send up what is then a a cultural thing of that time? There's something to be said about the fact that it's a soundtrack that exists in like a narrative context within the show. Like the Chef 8 album isn't just a playlist. They're bespokely made songs that have intros and outros from Isaac Hayes as Chef. The yeah. kids interrupt now and then. One of the songs is Cartman doing a cover of Come Sail, Come Sail Away. Away. And like those kind of things are worth including because it makes the soundtrack feel like an actual... Like compared to like even soundtracks that I love, like I know it's naff to talk about Tarantino or whatever, but like his soundtracks are good. And mm. same with Edgar Wright soundtracks. Like, mm. but essentially they are, and particularly not that this was an issue at the time, but particularly today in the age of anybody can stream anything for free. The idea of there mm. being a soundtrack is fucking weird, right? Because like it's all you like all you've done is make a Spotify playlist, yeah, and grouped it, and that's it. But there yeah. is something to be said about the fact that at least Chef Aid is a bespokely made soundtrack where the songs, even if they're not original songs, and I think they actually all are, but even if they're not, they still have crowd ambiance, the kids interrupting, Chef doing an intro and outro, some skits, some skits, right? But like, but at least it feels like a dedicatedly crafted idea rather than just hear some songs yeah and it ties into the in-universe Chef yes. yeah, South, yeah. yeah South Park yeah. and it is like it, it's a record of how big South, South Park, Park was, was at that point that all these people are on it and that they get this high in this countdown or whatever but yeah I don't think they're lampooning that kind of collaboration I think maybe the culture at the time just enabled that a little bit more yeah 
or in more surprising ways than it does now, and they just jumped on it, maybe. As much as now we look back and be like, oh, yeah, it is objectively annoying when Cartman sings. But, like, at the time, again, South Park had a countercultural value. So playing them on Triple J, and there'll be people who thought, like, oh, yeah, it's funny. Like, oh, my God, give me the South Park. Kids are going to be hosting the That's so funny. And that is a funny thing to think of when you're a... And again, Triple J is a youth radio station. So teenagers yeah. would find South Park funny and find it funny that Cartman is going to be in the Hospital 100. That, that there is a, there's a countercultural price that like, like the, we, we pay as listeners to have the idea of it being cool or alternative is there with the fact that he does have an annoying voice on the soundtrack. And Unless like, we forget, this is not the last time that Trey Parker and Matt Stone will be in a Hottest 100. Yeah, it's We true. have to wait another seven years, years, but they, they do come back. Yeah, they do come back in a very expletive laden way. The weirder that we can get the hottest one hundred, the better I think it is. That's for the thing, right? So like, yeah. you know, ultimately, from the purposes of the countdown, it's super cool that the kids from South Park got in. It's amazing. Mm. You, you got to take your Cartman voice with your Dennis Leary. <laughs> you don't. If you don't love me at my Cartman voice, you don't deserve me at my asshole voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number eighteen from the Chef Aid album. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this is Grinspoon with Just Ace. That's Grinspoon with just Ace. That's coming in at number 18 in the 1998 Hardest 100. Back so soon after our previous uh, dalliance with the Grinners. Uh, Black Friday coming in at number 22. Huge, huge song for me. Like, Grinspoon were one of my favourite bands for probably a good chunk of my years. From here, like, all the way through... Up until they they split up uh, originally back in like I think it was 2013, and then when they got back together, like I saw them when they opened for Chisel in 2013, they did that reunion tour, and then they got back together again, and now they're kind of back together permanently. Like pretty much every phase, like a- as long as I've been aware of Grinspoon, they've been a part of my life, and a lot of that centers around Just Ace because it is just two minutes of absolute pop-punk glory. It's rousing and silly and purely nonsensical, but it just fucking thrashes so hard that you are past the point of caring. When I spoke to Phil uh, about the Guide to Better Living record for a feature I was doing uh, for a place I was writing for at the time, I told him that watching the video for for Just Ace was one of my first proper exposures to uh, androgyny. And he was like, what? And I'm just like, you know, you're you're very kind of like dolled up in that video. Like you've got like a, a little, like pretty little hairpin and like, you know, a bit of makeup Dye and stuff makeup like that. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd never seen a, like a guy do that really. Like it was that and it was the video for Pure Morning and it was the video for Don't Want to Be Left Out by Powderfinger. I'm just like, oh, blokes do that as well do they oh dad won't be into that but i'm i'm kind of into it and now i'm the raging queermo you see before me so you know fucking kel surprise there what happened i remember this video so vividly uh because it was also one of my first exposures to like moshing 
everyone's standing around during the uh, in the verses, and then when the everyone just goes fucking bunter. It's so cool. Every time I come on, I was just like jumping up and down on the couch, you know, like it was just one of those sort of songs for me. And I still get a fucking sugar rush every time I hear this song. Like those guys are in their early to mid forties now, and they still play this song, and it still fucking goes off. So, yeah. It never, never fails to, to put a smile on my face. And in times like these, I think that's that's something we need. I don't have the facts, but I imagine we've talked about songs before that kind of were incredibly successful, not in spite of them being written effortlessly and just kind of coming together, but because of it. I strongly imagine that this would have to be one of those songs because it just is such a throwaway but not in terms of I'm not throwing that away as a term I just think that's sometimes the best way that you can write a song you throw it away and it happens to make the best cacophony of jangles as it hits the ground that's exactly what's going on here like everything is just so it's just perfectly what it needs to be and every moment just kind of sings for it even the the fact that each kind of uh, verse or chorus they kind of don't have either really like it ends with thanks I'm over it as a throwaway just it communicates that kind of like that effortlessness that releasing and and then the rest is just running around being a hooligan in a concrete jungle it's so fun the uh, last week Adam you mentioned when we were speaking about Gr- uh, Grinspoon then you said um, you were interested in their relationship to punk rock um, and yeah. this right like mm. this, this, right. Is, this song is 100 seconds long and that's it they come in they rock the shit this is the hottest 100 yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they yeah. come in they like balls to the wall rock hard fuck you blah 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 done and that's it. And it's just like, I haven't seen Grinspoon live, but I can just imagine that this is the kind of thing that when this comes on in the set, it's just like, no matter what, like, you know, when you're at uh, gigs, and particularly now that I am aging and my body's falling to pieces, I don't go into the pit as often as I loved to as a teenager and men in my 20s. But there are still some times when I see bands and a certain song comes on, I'm like, nah, fuck it, I'm going to go be hurt heaps and just push my way into yes. the pit and have to embrace that moment. This is one of those songs. So like, I, I would be comfortably being the old man at the back, nursing my beer and having my earplugs in. And then this <laughs> song comes in, I'm like, fuck, go, 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 When was the last time you could remember you doing that recently? And well, a question for the room. I stayed in the pit the whole time for Andrew UK because yeah, I cleanse the body with partying power. <sighs> I it, could see him right behind me, like, because I was on Barry, and I could just see a fist just wielding past me, and I was just like, that's... That's, that's Mac. And I was yeah. like, he's, just, he's just fucking oh, right in his face. It was beautiful. Mm. Dude, I imagine that this is, like, every day for every you. You're, you're in the pit. Yeah. You, live, you live in the pit. You it's live true. on 10. Yeah, okay. pretty much. It the was, man, the legend. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, when Grinners played at Big Day Out 2010, uh, and I remember they put it to the crowd like, all right, we've got time for a couple more, so we need to cut one of these songs uh, from the set list. What have we got left? We've got No Reason, and we've got Just Ace. What do you guys want to hear? Do you guys want to hear No Reason? <sighs> Do you guys want to hear Just Ace? Yes! You are correct, audience. We have a winner. And everyone's just like, fucking yes! Get out of my fucking way. And what a hype way to start the song. kids who are on the other side of the stage waiting for peaches. Everyone was just fucking getting into it. Oh, so sick. It's one of those songs that encapsulates the feeling of, you know, when you see a live show from afar and you see the water bottles and beer spraying and these like these gleeful parabolas that just like arc across the across the crowd that's this song in energy like I've said before when we talk about pop punk music my relationship to pop punk is that 
as best when I can enjoy it as pop music that has been punkified rather than punk music that has been watered down to appeal to the masses. And I don't think Grinspoon are at the point now where they're able to say they're watering down their sound. This just happens to be a pop song, so major key, so upbeat, so fast tempo, that it's just like all you want to do is shimmy and like get your face punched a little bit to it. It's just a fucking wonderful, yeah. It's just joyous. It's so like, joyous. The whole time. Like, you know, and, and, and I was not super on board Black Friday last week, but like this is, it's just great. It's mm. just great fun. And you really get the sense of how young they still are as a band. Reminds me a lot of Teflon. Jebediah. Like, Good I think call. It's, it's, I was about to say it has a Jebediah vibe. Yeah. Oh, like that same just kind of way to bring the mood down. <laughs> Super fun, punky, joyous, mm. youthful exuberance. It's great. It's a, you can perfectly see this, um, sounds like the kind of song that you would go to see an international band and who's opening? Grinspoon. I haven't heard of them. And then you'd leave and be like, man, that last song that Grinspoon played was so fucking that fun. Was so good. It's yeah. that kind of song. It's like unexpected, a little bit surprising, but just so high octane and optimistic in its sound that you just want to party. Yeah. 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 And the last uh, pit that you went in for, Nathan? I'm an old man. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Um, that's sad, isn't oh, it? Well, 16-year-old, you would be noogieing you right yeah. now. <laughs> I guess. I think... No, I think... Because I went to Frenzel not that long ago, but I think there wasn't much of a pit. It was very late. I am an old man. So. <laughs> it was very late. I, I was, was enjoying the 11.30. <laughs> Look, you know, You've never a, had so much fun. Yeah, guys, it's 11.30. At a Frenzel oh. show, the only thing more fun than being in the pit is standing at the back and filling in the Live at the Wireless lines between the songs. So, <laughs> the Live at the Wireless lines? Yeah, because so. you know all the Frenzel Rom Live at the Wireless gigs so well that when they play the songs, you can make the jokes that they make on those recordings afterwards. recordings. That is because you, pure, man. Because you remember the band so specifically yeah, yeah, because, exactly. you, because you spent your entire teenage years playing those live recordings in D4 <laughs> block at Smith Hill High School. Yeah, that's right. Well, the you know? intro of this podcast <laughs> is based on the Live of the Wireless intro. Exactly. Triple J listeners, we've taken control of your radio station. Live at the So yeah, if you're wondering why wireless. we're taking control of your radio station, that's why. That is why. <laughs> I have been wondering for... Six years. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a burning question. Mm. I've been okay. I've been able to mm. somehow get it's to sleep It's more of a burning question. <laughs> I just want to wish him well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a hunker, hunker, Bernard love. <laughs> just, we, are we going to just round this out by making Bernard jokes? Oh, why not? <laughs> oh, Carmen, this is so fucking sweet. Yeah. Carmen, this isn't powder finger. Shut it, powder finger. <laughs> and number 17, it's The Living End with their cover of Tainted Love. Cover. Well, sometimes I feel I've got to run away. I've got to get away from the pain you drive and to love me. The love we shared seems to go nowhere. And I've lost my life for I toss and turn. I can't sleep at night. Once I ran to you, now I run from you. This tainted love you give, but I give.
was the Living End coming in at number 17 with their take on a beloved classic that you and I all know as Tainted Love. Why do we know it as that? Because that's what it's called. Checks out. Nathan. Yeah. Are you a soft sell stan? Uh, <laughs> no. I'm going to say no because I couldn't name a second song by them. I challenge anyone. Do they have a second song? Surely. It would suck if, if you were a one-hit wonder with a cover because that's not even yeah. like... Alien you Ant made Farm. nothing. Alien Ant Farm. Well, yeah. 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 It would suck. That's what I'm saying. It would <laughs> I'm suck not to, saying it's never yeah, happened again. It, it would suck to be Alien Ant Farm. I agree. <laughs> Counterpoint, Alien Ant Farm whips ass. Mm. So... This song originally by Ed Cobb, uh, recorded by Gloria Jones in 64, um, and then made very popular, obviously, by Soft Cell. In this 82 is, or something, yeah, 83? Uh, yeah, 81. All right. There's some very interesting stuff that went on kind of in between that, because when Gloria... The Cold War? Yeah. Landing on the moon? <laughs> yeah. Nixon! The big three! <laughs> Push the more iconic trio of the lights. <laughs> History is Which what happens actual- while you're waiting for a new Tainted Love cover. Funnily enough, that was all perpetrated by Soft Cell. <laughs> <laughs> you can just see those two guys in the back as Nixon's like, I'm not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> not crook. Yeah. Not a crook. <laughs> it is one small bump, step for a man, dun, bam, dun, bam. but a giant leap for bam, mankind. Bam. <laughs> that would be great. Oh. I would, I would, uh, would I listen to it? I don't know. <laughs> I would say I would listen to a concept album of a time traveller recounting events he's yeah. witnessing as soft all cell. using Tainted Love. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I wouldn't. Holy <laughs> shit. I would write that, man. This is happening. Oh, yeah. I think John writing it would be way more fun than no. listening to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got a pretty free weekend this week. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, don't disturb me. <laughs> You're Watching here my when it's finished. <laughs> so, oh, did you have something to actually I did. Mm, yes, please, please. <laughs> Ignore our childish ways. Way back then. <laughs> In the <laughs> summer of 2018. Before the entire history of the world. <laughs> by Soft Cell. You remember uh, that Mel's Barkley video where they insert themselves into all those, like, classic moments in music history? We should do that with, like... Soft Cell. Yeah, soft cell. Like, the fucking Watergate scandal stuck and Soft oh, Cell are just standing in the background. It starts off so poetically as well, because it's just like you've got the, the single-celled organisms, of course. Yeah. And, and the primordial soup, and so... The, the true Soft Cell. The true mm. Soft Cell. And then two Soft Cells appear. Bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> This idea is too good. <laughs> Patent pending. Yeah, someone, no, please, please don't steal this idea from us. If you listen to I'm this, looking at you, soft cell. If you're listening to this in the future, have a quick Google of entire history of the world by soft cell and see whether we make see it. it. Yeah. So the thing that I was referring to that happened um, was Gloria had another shot. Because the single that she brought out in 64 didn't really make any waves. Which is fascinating because this song is now, everyone knows at least... It's one of the big three songs of culture. Yeah. Mm. So, but it was picked up in a very small kind of British club scene in the early 70s, which was all about soul. It happened in the north in the UK and it was referred to as the northern soul club scene. It's still a little bit niche. But one particular DJ uh, by the name of DJ Richard Serling made the song incredibly popular within this scene. So much so that Gloria, on the momentum of that, decided to release the song again, and it again failed to do anything. But many people think... (laughs) 
Take the L, Gloria. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was in uh, 1974. Now, and many people think that's where Soft Cell were originally introduced to the song in that in that club scene because mm. they released their because they were time traveling. <clears throat> well, back to then time paradox because they wouldn't have been able to time travel without the invention of that song you know, you know that tainted love sound you're looking for to <laughs> 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 cousin Marvin Cell uh, but he's uh, calling yeah uh, it's soft cell calling themselves yeah. from the past I am um, I mm. didn't know that Living End covered this I hadn't heard this before I have a really strong memory of this being one of those Kazar Limewire-esque tracks oh, of man. like oh. Living End tainted love and the WMA yeah, 128 kilobyte Og. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like I don't know if I ever got it or not or if, if I remember seeing it at the point that I was already very sceptical of, of th- song things and I'm like well that's not who that song's by <laughs> move on <laughs> Yeah, because you, you were know. searching for the original soft cell. I must have been. Or yeah. maybe I was looking for Living End tracks or something. I don't know. Who knows? Mm, okay. <laughs> well, you um, yeah, I was cool, I promise. <laughs> I was it was the first school yeah. project on soft cell. Don't worry about it. So this cover is a live recording. Um, it was the B-side to, I think, All Torn Down and evidently did pretty well. It's pretty fun. Not having heard it, I had that, that fun experience of like, I wonder what kind of cover this is going to be when mm. it started. It starts off a bit different, obviously. And then when it like, kicks in, I'm like, all right, it's just Psychobilly. I'm here for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking fun. Rapid, fast, like a Billy Punk. I think it really, it. like, really takes off when you get to the solo. Of course, yeah. Like, because that's what this era of Living End is all about. I yes. Guess. The um, the snare hits for the bomb bomb are uh, suitably fucking huge. Yeah. Like, oh, he, yes. He's punishing that goddamn snare drum in those hits. <laughs> and that's cool. That sounds tight. Bringing out a new one each time he does. Yeah, it. exactly. Right. <laughs> just yeah. goes straight through. Yeah. 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 Just, each individual one is like dun, and the second dun yeah. is on another they, one. Like, but I think what this does so well is is capture that sense of fun that that Living End have live so well. Particularly, yeah. like all that early stuff is just is just fun, fast psychobilly, and yeah. and it's great. And you, you really can, get a sense listening to this of them playing that live and can, everyone can, just getting on board. You can fully see this being like a live thing when they're like, because mm. I feel like it's a bit long. I think, I um, do. but like <laughs> it, I can fully see it being like a live highlight. It makes yeah. pr- and it's an easy vote in, like because yeah. everybody knows the soft sell thing and it's fun and people have like a cheesy affectation for it all. And then Australia's favorite new weirdo psychopunks. I do a cover of it. Of course, you're voting for it. Yeah. Like, and obviously, also, I think it reflects well that it was a B side that yeah. got popular on the radio as well. It's it's not like they were pushing this as no, a single. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Look at this wacky cover we did. It's like not that at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they put on a fun live track as a B side, and people were like, "We do like hearing this still." That's what I like from my B sides. Like, yeah, you hate hearing the songs that were just crappy enough. And you're like, "Oh, well, we recorded it, and it's definitely not good enough for the album." You want something that's a bit different and wouldn't suit the album or yeah. a live recording of a cool cover. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's a good translation into. Living end language. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah, the solo is tons of fun. Chris just—you can see his smile when he's pl- playing this. You just hear his like, "Ah, oh, man, he's loving this shit." Yeah. yeah. Sometimes solos are really insufferable. And I think one thing the Living End as a band do really well is make solos, you know, sufferable, sufferable, but <laughs> yeah. also, like the kind of a, the kind of spectacle that they're meant to mm. be. Yeah, yeah because definitely. Of, because a truly like, even like, like even like some of the great iconic guitarists like. Like if you, if you don't like Led Zeppelin and you watch like Jimmy Page doing a solo, you're like fuck off the stage, man! Like right. no one cares. Like yeah. if you love the band, then you like appreciate the solo. But they are like there is no musical equivalent that's closer to jerking off than a guitar solo, apart from maybe a drum solo. <laughs> like, have you seen it? Might get loud. 
No. It was that doco with Jack White, The Edge, and Jimmy Page. Oh, no, I'd so, I'll, I'll never watch that documentary. <laughs> right? That's insanity to me, man. That sounds like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, yeah. that is exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Like, there is no fucking way anyone would be like, yeah, I used to think guitar solos were a bit wanky, and then I watched <laughs> It in My Kid Loud. <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally just the three of those dudes sitting around and playing guitar for like ninety fucking minutes. Oh, oh man, it's incredible. And, yeah, and the thing is, like, like not contemporarily, but I have a huge amount of love for Jack White, like yeah. particularly the White Stripes, and I have a bit of love for Led Zepp. And there's also you too, um, <laughs> Jack White's like obviously like one of the modern like yeah man guitar rock guys. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Jimmy Page I mean, is so icon. is Chris Cheney. Like, yeah, yeah. To bring it around, yeah. um, like, he's always kind of had that kind of just like, oh, get your hand off it, Daryl. But when you see it live, it doesn't fucking matter because... No, because he's like, yeah, like, slide like, guitar fuck. with a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Thing, right? Or, like, standing on top of fucking Scott's bass and yeah. you're just like, motherfucker. Yeah, you don't get tired of those kind of... Obviously, like, psychobilly's not an Australian thing, obviously, but, like, there's something specific about the living end. They never sound like they're so punk rock that they'd be alienating to someone who isn't into punk rock outside of them. Like, tons of yeah. people I know will love the living end, but would never say, I like punk rock music. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and, like, vice and vice versa. Or, or, like, yeah, that wouldn't get into, like, zombie ghost train and, like, yeah. tiger oh, army and oh, shit oh, like man, that. Man, gone too soon. <laughs> 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 but there's something about them that definitely is punk rock and is definitely, like, has that psychobilly, which, like, I, I throw the term around very casually because I know it very well, but it's just punk rock rockabilly. But there's something about them that still channels those things. And in a cover like this, you forget that they are, like, potentially playing music that is of an alienating genre because it's just fun and rock music-y. Mm. But, yeah, they, 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 this is a very fun cover. Not necessarily wanting to encourage our listener base to, to do anything here, but, Andrew... What is your price for charity to sit down and live stream you watching It Will Get Loud in its entirety? And commentating it. Honestly, well, I... No, well, you can say what you want, yeah. but I, I, I feel like you will anyway. the price is higher if you're not allowed to talk about it. If I'm it. not allowed to talk about it, it's like... You're allowed to, like, grunt and go... <laughs> if, 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 I, if I can like Twitch stream it and or like yeah, get yeah. a rabbit room up and do it like that, if, yeah. if, one, if, I, if I had, like three viewers of people who were in this room, I would do it tonight. Like, no- <laughs> oh, so you wouldn't even do it for a price for charity? We could, we could probably well, get... You, can, wow, you, you really hate charity. I'd rather not do it for yeah, charity. If, 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 well, if you give money to charity, then I won't do it at all. But, <laughs> <laughs> Just give the money. You shouldn't need a reason to give to charity, man. Like, you shouldn't need me to Whoa, suffer. Hey, you turn that around. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just give to fucking... I don't know, what's, 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 what's a cool charity? Fuck, the I don't UN. know. The UN. Sid's for kids. I don't know. Sid, what? No. no. To okay. all of you. You know, like street charity people that you already give to the UN. Oh, God, I had to keep around to remember that one. No. The Tasmanian tree people, they're good. I give to them. I can't remember what it's called. The Tasmanians. I am no tree. Yeah, I get, like to stop the logging in Tasmania. That's a that's a worthwhile charity. Yeah, yeah. okay. If you if I you give, if you, <laughs> if you listen, if you give one million dollars that charity, then I will. What? Think you about went- downloading the movie. <laughs> Hang on, you went from you'll do it for three people watching you and no charity to a. Mi- 
I'm a varied man, man. Yeah. <laughs> this, okay. is, this, this, this is the level of commitment you'd get of my commentary for the fucking <laughs> movie. What if people left a five-star review saying, oh, well, Andrew, honestly, Andrew will get loud. Yeah. <laughs> then, no, no, I definitely do Andrew to. will get loud. There you go. And just and just the one? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I guess That's so. the one. Yeah. That's all it's going to take, man. Just yeah. the one five-star <laughs> yeah. review. And uh, then I'll figure, out how, I'll figure out how to set up, <laughs> figure out how to set up a Twitch account or a rabbit room and do yeah. that. <laughs> I had a rabbit room once. I just locked them all in there. It yeah. was really fun. It was like in The Sims, where you put all the Sims in the pool and then you take mm. out the ladder. Wow, yeah. Oh. Did they yeah. Eat, did they eat each other? I feel like that's what Oh, I, yeah. yeah. That mm. Classic uh. rabbits. I called the big one Bitey. <laughs> <laughs> and number 16, this is Josh Abrahams and Army L. <laughs> that was carbon, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I got two pale hands up against the window pane. I'm shaking with the heat of my need again. Starts in my feet, reverbs up to my brain. There's nothing I can do to revert the gain. I'm looking down to the street below. There's nothing in the way they move to show. They too know what I know. They too hunger for the beast below. Listen to the radio, I feel so out of place. There's a certain something missing that the travel can't erase. No, you can tell just by looking at my face A word about my weakness I'm totally addicted to bass Abrahams uh, featuring the silky smooth vocals of Army L uh, at number 16 in the 1998 Hottest 100. You might as well face it, you're addicted to bass. It's very hard to not think of that song, at least for me. Right? Yeah. What's mm. What song is that? Addicted to Love. By... Might as well face it, you're, you're addicted to love. love. Oh, Tom Jones. No. God damn it. Are you sure? Robert you Palmer, wish. baby. Robert Palmer. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Is he from Wales? No, I think he's. Mm. My interest is waning. (laughs) 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 So funny that this song is just like so ubiquitous in Australia. Because with Josh Abraham, he's pure tone. Oh, I thought you were talking about Robert Palmer for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he goes by pure tone as his DJ name or whatever. But this is like an actual like crossover pop hit, like not just like a club banger. Yeah, like, we all knew this song from growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard it in fifteen years. But yeah, like, I, I think Adam, even it's yeah, a wow, yeah. wow yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's so fascinating how that hook has kind of outlived the song in certain mm. ways. Like, no one talks about the song as a whole, but you know, like a wow, wow, like that. It kind of lives on its own, apart from that. The earworm ability of that fucking hook. Haven't heard this song in over a decade, apart from revisiting it for this episode. Yeah. But I reckon, not all the time, but a few times a year, it would get stuck in my head. You know what? I, I think I match you on that. And yeah, I think right? that's it's, fairly remarkable. Because it, it was everywhere when we were, yeah. whatever age we were, when tw- we were 20 years ago. Base. When we were into <laughs> the base. Do you remember so when that was in, in the base epidemic <laughs> of the <laughs> late 90s? But that actually was like a thing. Like, I have distinct memories of... A mate of mine when I was in early high school or whatever, mm. who had like a car 
and it had just a massive people being sub- super invested in bass super oh and it just car subwoofers yeah yeah and it, and it was seriously like you would get into the car you'd turn the bass level up on the EQ of the car stereo as far as it would go and you couldn't hear anything else all you heard was throbbing no no, no yeah. but it was just being there and being like enveloped in just low end yeah and just Pumping that as loud as you could, and, yeah. and like, and playing, you know, that Ali G song, that Ali G song, yeah, yeah, <laughs> from the Ali G show, that Ali G show, another one you're gonna say, yeah, the jungle is massive, the jungle is massive. massive. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. A to the L to the A to the G and the G. That's me. That's me. R I C K Y to the C. Ricky C. Ricky C. Ricky C. Wow. Ten out of ten. I didn't see you in the car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you must you, have you been have there though. Well, there's yeah, no, yeah. no 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 room for more than two with the woofers in the back. It's, it's, it is true. There <laughs> yeah, was. It's truly the era of it's where it's a culture where um Pimp My Ride could be a hugely popular show when they would just replace someone's boot with a speaker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and be like, oh, I kind of like using the boot. Well, you're gonna love having heaps of bass. Fan theory. Okay. Do you think our collective loss of interest in sick systems and subwoofers, etc., is what caused the global financial crisis? I don't think it's a conspiracy at all. It was just like, yeah. Yeah. I think just, many economists have gone on record. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Follow think the money. It. The whole market yeah. falls apart. Yeah, mm. and the end gives way to like kind of twee indie music with no mm. bass. Right. Yeah. yeah. Follow the money. So <laughs> the, the same year the global the financial crisis happens, we stop listening to sick subwoofer bass. We start listening to Mumford and Sons, mm-hmm. and banjos just don't cost that much. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Comparatively yeah. to cars and sound <laughs> systems of said car. Yeah, money. I think there's a reason. Makes the world go round. Indeed. Always follow it. <laughs> Is that a Pink Floyd song? <laughs> <laughs> So I think there's a reason that we got sidetracked after we talked about the hook. And I think that's probably because the that's rest of the, the song, song, like, it's kind of not that much. I think I think I want to give a shout out to Emile. I think she does a phenomenal job and her vocal sound incredible. I think some of the other sounds that happen outside of the chorus, a little bit lacking somewhat. It's kind of a bit nothing. You're just waiting for the chorus. And look, I think there's an art to that. And I think if someone said, like, that's the whole bit, I'd be like, cool, yeah, I, I pay that because you do hang out for, the, for that moment each time. But I also think that the thing that doesn't really work about this song is that it's pointing towards something that it itself isn't. It's saying, like, how good is bass music? How good is drum and bass? And I'm going, like, yeah, fully. I'm going to go listen to Pendulum right now, halfway well, the, through the song. Bit, right? It doesn't feel like a big club hit. No. The It's pretty good and bassy, though. The verses are just the R-Man break. But also, like, yeah, true. It's, it's, it's important which version you listen to. There are two versions of this song. There's mm-hmm. a domestic single and an international single. The international one, which the video for that is the Mad Maxi one, as opposed to okay, the, I've seen the that one. Right. That one... Stripped heaps of the bass out of the production of the song. Really? It's like there's hardly any bass in that song. That's so, That's hectic, so man. fucking weird. We, That's like, stupid. It's like a cautionary tale, right? Like if someone was like a recovering heroin addict, they wouldn't want to do heroin while writing a song about heroin addiction because you're getting over it. You're getting over the bass addiction. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was I totally addicted to bass. I've been clean for a bass yeah, for yeah, years. Yeah. You, you, you have to just admit to yourself, you're totally addicted to bass. I know, <laughs> I know. Oh, oh God, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Only allowed to listen to Mumford and Sons and the Fleet Foxes. I'm in the Luminous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we not lump Fleet Foxes in with those other two bands? Because they're, they're, they are not the same at all. 
if the new folk fits. Uh, <laughs> if, the, the, if the warm twee vest fucking fits, mate. Look, recovery isn't always an easy path, and sometimes, you know. I, all I'm saying is that one of those bands is much, much better than... <laughs> Two of those bands. <laughs> yeah, we'll let the fans decide yeah, which ones. We, no, we get it, man. I no. love Mumford and Sons too. It's no, all good. It's no, all good. I just, uh, by the way, if you are totally addicted to bass or you have, you know, if bass is a little bit more than just a sound for you, um, you may have what's called oralism. At least that's what Urban Dictionary yeah. says. It's like uh, the attraction, you know, like the actual attraction. They're getting a boner for throbbing bass. To certain kinds of sounds, yeah. Hectic, man. I don't, know, I don't know, like, the linguist in me uh, kind of raises an eyebrow at this term because it doesn't have file or feeling yeah. in it. Mm. It's ism, and I don't know about that. The fine people at Urban Dictionary wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I, they, I mean, they were right about thought. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, true. I was, now, now I know. Yeah, and now it's in like songs. Yeah. We should consult Dizzy Rascal, uh, who had a very big hit a couple of years ago with the song Baseline Junkie. Hmm. He, is he also in recovery? I, I reckon he was addicted to bass at some point. Part yeah. of BA. And the premise of the song is that I don't need no X, I don't need no speed. A sick baseline is all I need. I'm a baseline junkie. What about uh, um, uh, your girl, Trainer? Megan Trainer, all about mm. that bass. Oh, so, so she might have a problem as well. Yeah, mm. and she wants, she wants no treble. That's the hard. That's like <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's like a dangerous way to compose a song. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's in the car. She's, yeah. she's like oh, bass no. up full. Oh, have Megan, you have yeah. you heard that? The all about that bass with just, just the, the bass. bass all the <laughs> Shit, it's, it's amazing. amazing. No, it's just like it just sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like, like yeah, this is how I wanted it. This is the way I wanted it in the first place. Um, um, but like this song, obviously, was like huge in Australia as like a ubiquitous earworm. But like, yeah. It, 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 well, this was my first introduction to drum and bass. Yeah, fully. It probably was mine as well, right? Yeah, like, that's sad. like I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't hear drum and bass for another five years until like Pendulum came. If this is your introduction to drum and bass music, it's kind of like. Mumford and Sons being your introduction to folk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I really the folk music. Them. Someone pulls out like, some like Cohen and Dylan records, and they're just like, "Yeah, man, that song that like I really fucked it up this time." Yeah, mm, love a good bit of folk music. Yeah, <laughs> but this uh, this ended up being a hit in the UK dance charts in November two thousand and one. So many years later, like it, might, it just That's finally so dawned. Why yeah, then? It's so unique, right? Yeah, it's just. Was slow it like burner. re-released or remixed or something? Just a slow burn, I guess. Yeah, I mean, outside, that's a real fucking slow outside burn. Outside of Australia. I just can't. So much happened in that time. Was, was this song in ads? Or like, yes, why do we must know have it? Been. Yeah. it was in ads. It was and in, it, would, it yeah. would have been heavy airplay on all yeah. stations. Well, obviously, it, made yeah, it got 16. to 16. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big. This would infuriate the parents. This is like classic parents saying this isn't real music. <laughs> this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Right? Huh. You know, it's just like, nah, bloody, nah, mate. Zeppelin, that's real music. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. Go watch it. Might get loud. <laughs> Even better, watch this great stream that's going on right now. <laughs> oh, man. You gave a bit of shit to, you know, kind of like weighing around through the chorus or whatever. But I kind of like that compare and contrast. Yeah. Like, uh, that works for me. I, I kind of dig that. Especially because, like, so much of modern dance music, you feel like you're waiting around for it. Like, it's a post-chorus world now like you you have like a bit that you sing and then you have to wait for the you know it's like chop, you chop up what you've just said and mm. that and turn that into its own hook like i don't have a problem with it but like it, it's a very different dynamic to the music of this time and 
I really think Armiel really carries that as a as a vocalist. Like, if she wasn't as good as she is, the yeah. song would not nearly be to the standard that it is. Because I think like her immaculate vocals do a lot more lifting than they should yeah. have. To. This is the last time we hear from Josh Abrahams, mm-hmm. but it's not the last time we hear from Armiel. Right. I was the one. I was going to mention her other big hit, just in case we don't talk about it. But yeah, we do. We do. Uh, That's this really came it came into the hottest one hundred of two thousand and. Three, yeah, maybe right. 2004. Uh, was a song called "Love Song," mm-hmm. um, which uh, you'll know when you hear it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, because it had "fuck" in its chorus, uh, was very uh, popular on Triple J, and then they took out the swear in the chorus, and then it became a hit on commercial radio. I don't think I've ever heard the version with "fuck" in it. You've done me a surprise. <laughs> You've done me a. Heckin' surprise. Heckin surprise. Well, yeah, uh, there's a whole lot of those in the archives. Uh, for instance, in uh, the original version of Little Line Man, they actually say cunt. Because <laughs> you got turned down for the... Okay, we'll say fuck. Out of the deal. <laughs> Out of the deal right there. But yeah, I'm a total fucking apologist for this song. This is, like, instrumental to my childhood and, like, instrumental into... Like discovering like a like a heavier side of dance music. It's like this and his Johnny. This was like mm. a fringe hit at the time, but now dance hits in the chart are just part of the chart. Like electronic dance music has more or less integrated fully with pop music. That's a good point. You know, but the, yeah. But this mm. was like a sincere crossover hit. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah in, a, in, in a time where that was unique. And as much as it's hard for us to like to imagine it in a club setting. Like, it's weird thinking about it being yeah. a big club song three years later in the UK. But, but it is a D&B track, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. as a crossover pop hit, it's huge, of course. And that addiction sticks with me to this very, very day. There's help available. Here's, here's this Fleet Foxes album. Thanks. <laughs> it's, really, it's really good. <laughs> Check out wow, the song can... Little Lion Man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no, dude. No. Wow, they say comes a lot on this album. <laughs> To a definitive and conclusive end to yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thanks so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And God damn it, do we respect you. That's true. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites from this week. And we're going to continue that never-ending story. Ooh. I would take any excuse to play a grab of that. Mm. Any. Falcon! <laughs> I dream! Yeah, I wish he was real. Don't we oh, all? So much. He's a cool guy. <laughs> oh, what a, what a leg! You just wish he was your best a friend, good buddy. Yeah, yeah. I wish I wish he was my yeah. best friend. Okay, <laughs> I reckon I'm gonna go with Just Ace for my favorite, and this is a tough one because I actually, in at least in part, did genuinely enjoy everything that was on offer this week. Probably simultaneous, I guess. No change to the champ or jump. No changes. Like, uh, yeah, keeping teardrop and keeping drinking in LA. Yeah, my favourite is a weird one for me because none of these are particularly either way, right? I'm pretty cool on all yeah, of them. Yeah, like, I don't, um, yeah I'm hate or love anything. I'm going to give my fave to Tainted Love. It's nowhere near the champ that is teardrop. And my least favourite, I'm going to give it to the base. It's not a terrible track, but I have no desire to ever hear it again. But my chump is easily drinking in LA by Brand Van 3 billion. <laughs> I'm putting a bullet in the bubble goose. I'm surprised no one's joining me on oh, that. No, I'll, I'll oh, no, I'll join you. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. You'll, you'll meet me on that. Yeah. Two shots to the goose. Um, and my best is easily just ace, because I think it's an ace track. Uh, my champ remains teardrop. Not likely to change. Yeah, fully right. Uh, yeah. And my uh, my chump is drinking in LA. Um, yeah, least favorite bubble goose. Uh, 
Chump will remain Metallica, The Unforgiven 2. It's a toss-up between Addicted to Bass and Tainted Love, I think. Maybe I'll give it to the original track. Oh, right. Addicted to Bass. I'm going to say it's my favourite. Right. But, like, pretty, like, it's, as a five, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's so high up. Yeah. This is a weird 20 to 16, but that's yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I'd say my favourite is Addicted to Bass, but that's not going to um, take the place of Teardrop. Well, things are going to get even harder from here. My God, the next 15 songs are beastly. So, until then, comrades, on behalf Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Mr. Adam Buncher. Sweet, dude! I'm not Mr. Going Andrew that. McDonald. Screw you guys, and good hair. Mandy, you can't cut me! Everything is good to you, Jimmy! You were like a little bit Wibble and Bob in yeah. there, too. It was yeah. good. I liked it. Fucking weird one, man. Yeah. I don't know how to do a Cartman voice. <laughs> That speaks well of your character. <laughs> that if you, on, your, on your Tinder bio, doesn't know how to do a carpet voice. Swipe, super swipe. Yes, oh, big old Star Wars. Um, it's a match. You and Wendy like each other. Okay, listeners, listeners, we've, we've taken, taken control of your radio station. There. What? Hello. What? Ready? Hello, Hello listeners. listeners. You are listening to Triple J's Live at the Wireless. That's, That's not, not the sound, sound we require. If you just tuned in, where are uh, where the Beatles? No, I'm moving right along. Can we have an umbrella to the front row, please? Thanks again for listening. Welcome to Live at the Wireless. You can see the crowd. It's huge on Triple J. But it was not your fault, but mine, and it was your heart.